Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Now, keep in mind, my day might not always match up with your day. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really cool. I, I can see that people are listening to these podcasts all over the world in all kinds of different time zones. And so uh, here in North Carolina, it is Saturday morning, and uh, I've got a lot of cool stuff planned. As a matter of fact, it's hard to believe. It is the holiday season now. Uh, I mean, pretty much when Halloween is over with, it all you know turns into the holiday season with Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then New Year's. And that's also actually a very interesting time for me. Um, for one thing, I can tell you after many, many years, uh, gosh, well, over 20 years now, of investigating the Brown Mountain Lights, that you have the highest chances of seeing the Brown Mountain Lights in the month of November. Uh, now, why is that? Um, I think it has to do with the sort of consistent extreme change in temperature between day and night. So usually in, in the month of November, it gets pretty warm in the day and then really cold at night. And And I think that great contrast between cold and warmth, it literally sort of bends the mountain a little bit, um, causes it to expand and contract, uh, uh, to expand and contract in a distinctive way, which produces some of the energy that causes the lights. So uh, if you are going to be in the area and you want to go see the Brown Mountain Lights, the best thing you can do is go to brownmountainlights.com. That's all spelled out, brownmountainlights.com. That's a website that I own, and it's got all kinds of great free information for you about the Brown Mountain Lights and where to go see them. They're in the uh, Pisgah National Forest, so it doesn't cost you a, a dime to, to go to the overlook and and try to see them. You have to get lucky. You don't know for sure when they're going to appear, but there are some factors that will help you possibly predict when the conditions are best. And you'll find all that stuff there. Also, I have a free PDF that you can download. It is a booklet that I was hired to write by the Burke County Tourism Authority. And uh, it's if you're going to just read one thing to really capture the history, the theories, the research, I would suggest downloading that uh, booklet PDF there at brownmountainlights.com and checking that out. And I think you'll, uh, you'll have all that you need. But I am working on some very special projects for the holiday season. Um, Charles Dickens proved that ghosts and Christmas go together very well. So I'm not fully prepared to talk about all the uh, special things that I'm working on that I'll be announcing soon, but I am going to get around to that. And uh, I want to point out that as those of us here in the States are um, hopefully optimistically looking to, you know, to this time of uh, cheer and fun and uh, re reminding each other about humanity and generosity and all that, uh, my friends in Puerto Rico, still don't have power. It's been 45 days, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I have never been a, a doom and gloom kind 
kind of guy. I, and I'm not a doomsdayer. I've had people try to get me on the radio before to, to try to scare the crap out of everybody and talk about all the horrible threats that are facing humanity. But I, I really avoid talking about negative things. For one thing, I don't think it's accurate. I think that uh, you you do experience some negative things in life, but most of your life is not negative. Uh, and and secondly, I think that you can easily manifest things if you're not careful. If you start obsessing on the bad stuff that is possible, it's like you know every time you get some little ache or pain, you get on the internet, of course, and look for, well, what is this a symptom of? And you start down that rabbit hole and the next thing you know you're going to die of some horrible disease it happens every time the other day i have a little pain and i was like Whoa, what could this be a symptom of and i type it in on the internet and I, I'm, I'm reading about this horrible condition and one of the symptoms and I'm, I'm dead serious here one of the symptoms of this condition is your shit stinks and I'm like, no, that's me. My shit does stink. You know, I mean, literally, that's the kind of stuff that you can find on the Internet that will mislead you very, very easily. And, and, but once you start thinking that way, then you can actually make bad things happen to yourself. I believe that it's the mind-body relationship. So anyway, all that said, I don't bring up things to you of a, a a negative nature unless I think there's really a reason to do it. And I do think, however, that it's really good for all of us to just understand that uh, you're not the only thing that exists in the universe, that we are on top of this big, crazy thing called planet Earth, and it has mood swings. And sometimes things happen that you just have to be prepared to deal with. And that's why it is always good to have a certain amount of canned food uh, in your in your pantry, or to have a certain amount of fresh, clean water, um, or you know, some, maybe some backup medicine if you need medicine or whatever it is. But even when when people do that, when people prepare for that, usually they they have enough on hand for a few days. I doubt most people even have enough to get by for a more than a week. And so here we have my friends in Puerto Rico, uh, 45 days, I believe. It might be, uh, give, give or take a day or two, without power. Now, this is Puerto Rico, where it is like summer year-round. I can't imagine being there for 45 days without air conditioning. One of my friends who was able to get a text to me said, you you scream hallelujah if you can just find a cold soda. He said, what I would give just to have a cold Coca-Cola or 7-Up or whatever. He says, <laughs> occasionally you will find a Chinchoro, which is a little bar, a little mom-and-pop bar, and there will be a cold Medallia beer, and you have hit the jackpot. But the rest of the time, I mean, you're just – you're looking for something cold. <laughs> it really is not that much different than how they lived hundreds of years ago in Puerto Rico. It's an amazing thing. And so many of my friends 
are now buying Sunshine Simple solar generators. And I, I want to, I, I'm not just trying to pitch this thing to you. No, I want to explain something to you about my own personal experience. In, I think it was 2000, uh, maybe 2011, something like that, um, there was a blizzard here in the mountains of western North Carolina. And I lost power to my home for seven days. And I was completely unprepared. And I do think that losing power in the winter is worse than losing power in the summer. Because at least we know that warmth brings life. I was talking about that in one of my previous podcasts. That, you know, you go to the bottom of the ocean where there are thermal vents, and at least you have worms that are some kind of thing that can grow and live around there. So um, in coldness, however, and if, and if you go to Antarctica, for example, you know, there's not much life there. So this was a blizzard. I was not prepared, and I sat around and shivered for a week, and the snow was so bad that I couldn't even get in and out of my driveway and uh, finally, when the weather cleared up enough, I um, I actually went on foot down my driveway. I lived at the top of a significant hill, and uh, one of my buddies picked up me and Lauren, and we went to his house and stayed until the power and everything was back and the snow had melted. And I was, oh, boy, I'll never forget what a wonderful moment that was. So that inspired me to want to work with Mobius and create a new type of solar generator. I wanted to create a solar generator that would power significant things in your home, but make it the most powerful solar generator for the lowest price in the world, guaranteed. And that is how the Sunshine Simple Solar Generator was created. And people for years, have bought these things and used them through hurricanes and natural disasters and or you can use it every day just to supplement your power bill and save money on your power bill it's a it's a you, you get different versions but basically it's a big solar panel you just put it outside where the sun will hit it and it and it makes free energy for you it's that simple it's plug and play and so i built this thing knowing that if you are using the sun, you don't have to worry about going to the gas station and standing in line. And boy, let me tell you what. All of my friends in Puerto Rico are contacting me saying, even if you have a generator, good luck finding gas. And if you do get gas, they are gouging. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. There are restaurants that have generators that can't stay open right now because to refrigerate the food is going to cost so much with the gas that uh, it's not worth it. They're not going to be able to turn a profit. And, I mean, they are really in a rut. And anybody who, who has solar technology there is like a new kingpin of their neighborhood. So this is no, this is no BS, my friends, okay? Uh, now, granted... Yes, they're on an island, which makes them in, a, in an even more dire situation than the average person might be. But still, if you're one of those people who wants to have some, some power, uh, 
free from the sun in harmony with Mother Nature, you should get a Sunshine Simple solar generator. You really should. Now, uh, I will tell you this, at full disclosure, I no longer own the Sunshine Simple company. And the reason is I own about 50 companies right now. And over the years, I have had to start scaling back on how I spend my time and energy, and I just didn't have the time and energy. So, And Mobius is the guy who builds them all. So I sold the whole shebang to Mobius. So he is actually the guy who is now in charge of the Sunshine Simple Company. So if this is of interest to you, uh, I hope that you will go to sunshinesimple.com and just watch the videos there and learn about what this thing is and why it is the world's most powerful solar generator for the price guaranteed. And this is, am, am I going to make some money if you go and buy one? Yes, I am. But it's not just about money. It is about me getting all these texts, getting all these emails, all these messages from all my friends in Puerto Rico saying, okay, I get it. Now I want one of these things. And uh, the cool thing about Mobius owning this company is he can customize things for you. So if you are worried about like an EMP, like for example, Everybody's kind of sitting there just waiting for the North Koreans to you know, pull the trigger and, and detonate something. Now, look, do I think that North Korea is going to shoot a nuclear missile over here that's going to hit the U.S. mainland? Probably not. But if they just shoot something that comes close to the U.S. mainland and de detonates in the sky, that's going to create a gigantic electromagnetic pulse, which will wipe out the power grid. And that's proven. That was proven in the 1960s during a U.S. military experiment called Starfish Prime. And if, you don't, if you've never heard of Starfish Prime, just get on the Internet, type in Starfish Prime, read the Wikipedia article or whatever, and you will see what I'm talking about. My good friend Dr. Bill Forston has talked a lot about this on Coast to Coast AM and other programs. He's spoken before Congress about this. He's written books about this. And... What happens is when one of these nuclear devices explodes high up in the atmosphere, it just sends out this gigantic electromagnetic pulse that induces a current in all of our little delicate wiring that uh, causes it to burn out. And then all that all that has to be replaced. Um, and there was an incident where this happened due to a solar flare in the 1850s, I think, called the Carrington event. And... Uh, same kind of situation where you had huge pulses of electromagnetic energy going through telegraph wires and railroad tracks, starting fires. I mean, in, in a telegraph office, they had paper everywhere next to wires. The whole thing would burst into, into flames. People next to railroad tracks would get shocked by the railroad track. Now, that was in the 1850s. So you can imagine now what would happen with all of this delicate circuitry that we are dealing with on a daily basis, all of these little microchips, etc. I mean, my goodness, it would fry a lot of things. So if you get one of these and you would like to ha have a, um, a special little Faraday cage made for it, he can do that. A Faraday cage is a very simple enclosure that you can put around something to protect it, to shield it from any external electromagnetic forces. Um, it's not complicated. It's very simple. And what that means is if you buy a Sunshine Simple generator and it's not shielded with the Faraday cage, 
and there's a giant EMP that goes off, then yes, it might fry your unit. That is true. But if you have that thing with a Faraday cage enclosure around it, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. And so he will do that. If you want to take that extra step, and why wouldn't you really, he can help you customizing that as well. So anyway, I'm just telling you this. You can say I'm sitting here giving you a big sales pitch, but I'm telling you, if you have one of those things, you're going to be just like my friends in Puerto Rico who do, because some of my friends do have them, and they're like, hell yeah. Okay, so I'm just telling you the truth. That's why I offer some of these things, because they are they're good they're good things. It's just that simple. Um so here it is Christmas time coming up soon. Thanksgiving first, one thing at a time. And every single year I'm gonna give you a little hint about one of the things that I'm gonna do because I told you I was gonna keep this kind of secret, but I'll tell you about one thing. Every year, um I well personally I think it's important to give money uh anonymously privately every year to charities and uh, I actually I do that personally every month and but the holidays is a big time because I own the Asheville Mystery Museum and so what I have been doing the past few years is I take certain items from the Asheville Mystery Museum that I do not have the space to display and I auction them off and uh give most of that to charity and then some of the money also goes toward our operating costs for the next year. And it's really kind of sad because you know how maybe you've watched these shows like American Pickers or Pawn Stars and sometimes they talk to somebody who's selling an object but you can tell the person really doesn't want to sell it. <laughs> um, I, As a guy who loves history, as a guy who kind of has a pat rack mentality to a certain degree it pains me um to sell certain things but the reality is uh i mean i've got storage units full of stuff that are so packed you can't even walk into the storage unit and i've i've purchased things over the years saying oh this would be great for the museum but the museum is in the basement of the Asheville Masonic Temple the building's over 100 years old. There's very limited space down there, and we have filled every inch of it with stuff, and I just don't have the space for these things. So I'll be telling you soon in an upcoming podcast about uh, some of the, the, the things from my collection and from the Asheville Mystery Museum that I'm going to uh, put online. And uh, and leave it. Uh, I'll I'll do it by auction, and I'll do it to again take whatever money we get and give some to charity, and then the rest goes toward the museum. And you know, one thing about uh, auctioning things off is that sometimes I have things where like I don't know what they're worth. How do you put a value on some some of these things that are truly unique things? I have two or three things I would never sell. I won't get to that right now. I have two or three things I would never ever sell, but some of these things are so unique. It's I don't know I don't know what they're worth. Like they're to me they're worth a, you know a million dollars, but I don't know what they're worth to you. They might be worth five bucks to you. So the only way I know how to do this is just just put it there in an auction format and let the free market decide. 
So I have some objects that I'm going to be telling you about soon that um, are from from the collection. And yes, they will come with a card that I sign that says this is part of my collection. So just keep that in mind if you're thinking about getting a really interesting gift for someone over the next couple months, something that they can tell you didn't just you know run to Walmart and grab an hour before you saw them, like something serious, something that's going to flabbergast them. Um, so I'll keep you updated on that as well. So anyhow, a lot going on. Uh, I have uh, I'll be uh, every day giving you as much info as I can. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for staying curious, and uh, I will talk to you again soon.